Wumanjika. My name is Larry Walsh, and I'm an elder of the Tunnarong people and the Kulin Nations. And we acknowledge we are on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri, Wurrung people, and the Bumurung people. And we pay our respects to their ancestors, and we also pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. And through them, we also pay our respects to all Aboriginal and Islander communities that live in the western suburbs. Welcome to FCAC Radio, a podcast series produced by Footscray Community Arts Centre, platforming artists, creatives and stories in Melbourne's west and beyond. Hi everyone, this is Jess from FCAC Radio. More importantly, I'm joined by another Jess. Jess B is in the house. What's up? Hello, hello. How are we? Yeah, really, really well. So happy to have you on the show today. My pleasure. What's happening? How's it going over there? You're in Auckland. I am in Auckland. I mean, I think it's probably the same as most other places in the world in the sense that not really anything is happening. Nothing exciting anyway. Um, So I'm just at home, have been at home for the last few weeks. I guess the impression that we're getting over here from NZ is that Jacinta Ardern is is really, really getting in there, being tough and and uh, making sure this thing doesn't spread. So I'd imagine it's a little stricter over there. Yeah, she's been killing it. And, yeah, it has definitely been stripped. Um, we've been in, like, full lockdown for the last, I think it's been, like, five or six weeks since sort of everything shut down. Um, and they're... I was actually giving an announcement in like a matter of minutes as to whether we're going to be easing up from now on, but I don't know whether that will actually happen or not. Okay. Over here it's happening in phases, so I think it's going to be like cafes and whatnot to open first, but um, not really any idea when travel bans will lift and things like that, particularly, you know, those bigger gatherings Yeah, that you need to be a part of. So um, I guess, yeah, like we caught you out at Laneway, as I was saying earlier offline, um, loved your show. Um, (laughs) Last year you were named um, Best New Zealand Act by MTV. You were on a ton of festival lineups. You've just dropped a new single. Can you tell me what your career is like in reality in comparison to what you thought it would be like just starting up? Oh, gosh. I mean, I guess, like, I had always had an idea of what I thought it would be like to be doing music um, sort of as a full-time thing. But I guess it's one of those sorts of careers where you really can't, you learn on your feet and there's certain things that come up that you could have never have predicted or you, you know, you really only, you have to learn on the job a little bit. So, I mean, I definitely don't have any complaints and I, I guess I'm the type of person, like I really enjoy being around people and like, that's just my personality and who I am. So I think I really, have been able to like sort of flourish and having a busy very social type of career um but it definitely has its moments like anything I guess where it's like challenges that are like super specific to being a musician that I might not have if I was just you know pursuing another sort of career but I mean all in all like it's definitely what I love to do so I'm feel very like blessed to be able to you know come over and do laneway in Australia because it's just so crazy to me Can you tell us a little bit about like one of those mind blown moments that you might've had? I guess like 
you can never really prepare for like like the idea of people knowing who you are and having a perception of who you are before you actually meet them. So sometimes, you know, like so, when I meet people, sometimes they already like uh, already think that they know lots of things about me. So sometimes the, the interactions, I feel like I'm catching up with people sometimes. But I mean, I've had a pretty good experience thus far. And like there's certain things that just like sort of come with the profession, you know, like if you choose to be in the public eye, there's a whole list of things that are going to come with that that I wouldn't have to deal with if I had chosen another career path. So it's kind of just like part and parcel. You can't really pick and choose the good bits only. Um, so, I mean, I'm not really complaining. What are, what are some of those preconceptions that someone might have when they they approach you? They, they're um, face-to-face with Jess B. Well, I guess just everybody will, if, if someone's seen my Instagram or listened to my music before, they would have maybe created, started to create a perception of who they think I might be. I mean, sometimes it's, it's positive and sometimes it could be, you know. Um, I was actually just talking about it with my friends before because obviously, like, we are in this world now where you don't just take somebody's music and that alone. You kind of have these this whole image of artists in like every aspect of their life and you kind of form this opinion about whether you like them and therefore their music based on like who they are as people what they believe or how they choose to come across on social media or what they're doing or what you know all these different things so there's like a lot of pressure on artists now I guess to like tick like so many boxes before we can like get the approval of people I feel you there. There is um, certain artists that I really enjoy online that I don't particularly listen to their um, music and, you know, vice versa. Yeah, exactly. When you like someone, like if you follow them on Instagram and you like them and you think that they're cool, you're, I think you're much more likely to then like their music as well because you already decided that you really like this person's personality or what they stand for. So you are more open to whatever the art they, like, they make. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. So, um, are you are you running your own page? Do you have help, or are you posting yourself? Um, no, I mean it's all me. Do everything I can. Um, I mean, obviously, I have a manager who helps me in a lot of ways. Um, but like all my online stuff is me. Awesome. So I want to touch back on that show that we saw in Melbourne at Laneway. I was particularly cheesed because you did a shout out to all the brown girls with braids in the audience and um, I was one of them. (laughs) Is sisterhood something that drives you or drives your music? Yeah, it absolutely is. I think that like the, the camaraderie that I've personally found from my music journey is something that I've wanted to continue to like create and form in the ways that I can when I'm, you know, wherever I go, or whoever I'm, I'm dealing with. And I think that I've also just realized the importance of like when, when you do see someone performing or on TV or whatever it is that you relate to, like how cool that connection is. So I always just want to like, if people feel that to me, I just want to be able to acknowledge that I see them and I appreciate the, the support or, you know. Yeah, totally. I mean, you've got pretty close ties with the music industry peeps here in Australia. How how did that come about? Like, how are you networking from overseas? Are you are you travelling often? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of all happened quite gradually, um, and it's sort of happened with the help of my manager who's based in Sydney. So that was kind of like when I first started being able to come over because obviously he knows people in the industry in Australia. So 
that was kind of my first foot in the door. But I was um, probably before the lockdown started, I was coming over to Australia nearly every second weekend. Like it was really, really frequent. Um, and so I guess I've just been able to meet people on the ground and like do small shows um, and also link up with artists and try and, you know, collaborate and just be in the same places as them just to get to know them and be able to catch a vibe that way because I think that really helps. We love local music, um, you know, down under, and I'm sure it's the same in NZ. I want to know about your connections with Australian artists and who would be on your dream collab list in terms of Aussie artists once this thing blows over and we're back at it. Oh, man, there's like, like there's lots of people that I'd like to collab with and it's not even necessarily people that I think are like, you know, the biggest artists in Australia. It's just the people that I've been able to connect with and really, you know, really like as people. Um, so I've been pretty lucky to have met quite a few people on the way, but I think G Flip's really cool. Um, I'd love to have us like do a song with her, I think. Um, and then within like, I guess the hip hop industry, there's lots of people at the moment that are doing really well. Um, and particularly amongst like, sort of like the, I guess like the African community over in Aussie, like there's, um, Kwame and B-Wise, TK Maidza. There's like a lot of people that I would love to, um, collaborate with if it was possible. Are you of African descent? Yes, I'm Kenyan. Yeah, Kenyan and um, Irish. Awesome. Have you been back to the motherland? Yes, I went for the first time um, a couple of years ago uh, with a cousin of mine, um, which was pretty wild. And I think I'm definitely due, definitely due to go back again. I'd love to in the near future. Yeah, for sure. And it'd be an amazing opportunity to do some music as well. There's so many talented artists coming out of Africa, particularly now with Afrobeats popping off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would be that would be really awesome to to experience. Um, yeah. Tell definitely. us about the moment that you realized your music was blowing up abroad. I mean, honestly, I don't really feel like that at all. Um, <laughs> so it's still like, I don't really feel like I'm blowing up. But I mean, I guess the ability to get on lineups like Laneway and be um, in Australia doing shows in, like of that scale has been a part of like a list of goals, I guess, you know, um, and especially with New Zealand being so small, like being able to sort of like put my feet down on the ground in Australia and try, you know, start to get more work over there. It's been like a really, um, it's been a really cool feeling because it just feels like progress. Um, yeah, definitely, it definitely doesn't feel like I'm blowing up, but I mean, maybe, maybe that is what it is, but I definitely feel like it's still pretty, um, pretty calm and, and manageable at the moment. Yeah. For us, I guess in um, the art scene, we've always got like our ear to the ground in terms of like new artists. And as soon as someone's name is like mentioned repetitively and you've, you've kind of stumble across the show, you just know that like that's the hot new thing. And I, I think I really enjoy this period of an artist where they're like on the come up, but still kind right. of like doing really big things, but still on the come up. I think that's a, a really fun time experience an artist and I'd imagine to be an artist yeah it's definitely been cool tell us what it was like to kind of gain traction in in New Zealand and and how you broke into the industry um I think it's been like over in New Zealand it's been like very gradual and nothing sort of happened too quickly here which has been good because I guess it means that I've been able to sort of learn and adapt at a rate that's quite comfortable you know it hasn't it's not like I blew up overnight and then my life changed 
So I started doing music. Like I've always done music as a, like, I guess as a hobby or um, something that I was using as an outlet, like all the way, you know, from when I was really, really young. So I was kind of doing it through high school, but I was um, really involved with sport at the time I was playing netball um, and quite seriously. So I kind of, um, it was on the back burner or was something that I wasn't taking as seriously as I was sport. Um, and then I kind of kept doing it and I was putting stuff up on SoundCloud and at the time, a really well-known producer in New Zealand, his name's P Money, he, um, happened to stumble on my SoundCloud and sort of, um, hit me up and was kind of like, Hey, you've got potential. Like, let me know if you do anything else. And that was kind of the, I guess that the thing that, that caused me to be like, Oh man, maybe I could actually do this as a thing. And I started taking it a lot more seriously. Um, but it wasn't until a couple of years later that I put anything out because I was still playing netball. And so, yeah, there was this time where I kind of like got dropped from the team that I was playing in and just happened to have a few music like opportunities that came up at the same time. And so it just sort of, my life path just kind of slowly changed. Right. So with netball um, and kind of like losing your place in that team, was that because music was starting to like supersede your um, priorities or was it just a, a, just a pure timing? No, no, not at all. It's just like an unlucky. Yeah. Yeah. It was just divine timing, I guess. It was just, um, Netball is like, oh, well, you know, competitive netball, just like any sport is like super fickle in terms of like one day you're hot, next day you're not. Mm-hmm. So I just happened to not be flavor of the month at that time. And I didn't get reselected into the team that I had played for. Um, and it just so happened that that coincided with the time that I got a couple of opportunities in music. So I really, when I look at it now, it's kind of, it's like one of those things where it's just like, wow, the timing really just worked out in, in my favor in that instance but it wasn't planned (laughs) totally so yep so you're acknowledging that it's worked out in your favor you wouldn't switch back to professional netball in exchange for your music career hell no no way (laughs) cool good to know um I want to know more about this like this SoundCloud discovery that that happened were you stacking listens no no not at all not at all so P Money is kind of like he I don't know if you know of the artist called Scribe, who's a rapper from New Zealand. He's kind of like um, sort of one of the biggest rappers that we've had come out of New Zealand in terms of like the success of his album and, you know, how hype it was at that time. This was like years ago in like the early 2000s. So I wasn't really around for the, for the height of it, but P Money was his producer and DJ. So he made a name for himself at the same time. And so he just, they both kind of have a legacy in New Zealand. Um, And I think at the time he was sort of going through a transition in his career where he was sort of wanting to look out for and sort of maybe cultivate some young artists. So he said that he searched, I think he searched the hashtag, like maybe he searched like Auckland and maybe like rap or hip hop or something. And I just happened to be the one, one of the ones that came up in the group of people that he was listening to from those hashtags. So it was, again, it was just one of those things. It was just right place, right time. Yeah, that's incredible. I'd imagine that there'd be quite a bit coming out of Auckland in terms of hip hop. Scribe's iconic. Um, A lot of my friends that I know from New Zealand, you know, they've always got great taste in hip hop. I think that I imagine anyway that the hip hop scene in New Zealand is probably somewhat stronger than what we have over here in Australia. I feel like New Zealand has led the way in terms of quality hip hop coming out of like the South. 
Well, I think that um, I like in the same breath that, you know, like Kwame and um, BYs and all these artists are coming up in Australia. We're kind of seeing the same thing in New Zealand in terms of like African hip hop, like before there's kind of, there's a, a rapper called Razor Beza who is sort of like, I guess the godfather of like African hip hop in New Zealand. And I mean, he's not old or anything. He's like only, yeah. I don't, you know, but he was the first guy that I ever saw of African descent in any circle that I knew um, that was doing hip hop. And so that's all still with, been within, you know, the last like five years. And it's only really now that you're seeing like more kids, I guess, growing up who've had that like, you know, experience of being a New Zealander and African. Um, and so it's created a whole different sound. And, you know, like we've talked, I've talked about, you know, this with like a few people, like a few peers in, in New Zealand, I guess, where we mm. kind of have identified that like what we're doing right now is we're kind of, we're the forefront of like this new um, group of people in New Zealand who have never been in the spotlight in the way like, that we are now. And so it's almost like we are creating the culture of what it means to be black in New Zealand. And because there's been no examples before, um, you know, some, the, some of us and not, and not just across music, I just mean across sort of all areas in the public eye, like all creative yeah. arts or all of that. So it's like only now that you're starting to see like, you know, names like even Israel Adesanya, who is an MMA fighter, He's probably the like you know the first worldwide known African Kiwi in the history of you know black people being yeah. here. So that in itself is is really momentous and what it means to be an African Kiwi yeah. in New Zealand and also what it means for the culture and the kids who are being born now or like the kids who are growing up now because we didn't have anyone to look at back then. Um, but that's really really changing and so it's super exciting. That's right. So how, how did you start to kind of figure out your own identity and where you stood as like a black Kiwi without those figures? Um, well, I think that like most people would agree that it was really hard. And I think that um, lots of the sort of like, you know, Afro Kiwis that I am close with now and, and know now, um, we all grew up so separately and there wasn't that um, sort of community feel that I have now. Um, being a part of music so I felt really isolated growing up um, and I guess I had a different experience to you know people who were immigrants because I was born here so my experience has always kind of been quite a Kiwi one you know for want of a better word yeah. but um, I've always sort of felt not quite not quite there either so um, I, I think that's why music has been so like special to me and as a part of my life because it's been my music journey that has introduced me to people who have allowed me to feel like that full sense of community and like pe meet, meet people who had the same story as me and felt the same way and I could finally talk to someone who totally got what it meant to, you know, I don't know, straighten your hair all your high school life and then that, you know, your hair, your natural hair journey or whatever it might be. And that, and it all ties back into what I stand for and like why I do music and why I choose to call, you know, give a shout out to girls wearing braids in the crowd because it's like this thing that we, it's like this unspoken story that we can all sort of relate to. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really, really nice. That's, it, it means a lot. I want to ask you about what advice you might have for people that, 
aren't particularly in the music scene but are looking to latch on to a community for a sense of belonging or a sense of identity? Well, I think that, like, um, there's been so many people who, I mean, have come to my shows and have found community at those events where, because where like-minded people, you know, if you have someone who is, you know, um, in a position to, like you say, I guess, um, create an image and an environment and you become a part of that environment by, you know, going and supporting often. I mean, that's essentially how I met the people that I know, because before I started doing my own shows, I started going to shows or going to art shows or going to, um, exhibitions and, you know, going to places where, I could see that the type of people that I wanted to um, connect with were a part of. But I mean, even mm-hmm. taking a step back from that, I think that places like Instagram have been huge for me in terms of being able to connect with people that you, you know, see a likeness to all over the world. Like it's not even about maybe an in life connect, like a real life connection, because I have friends, I guess you could say, you know, people that I've connected with that are from the States that I might never meet in person, but they've, there's been something about their shared, you know, story online that I've taken interest to or taken inspiration from. And then, and that's been something that's helped me. So I think it's like, you know, you take a little bit from lots of different places and you start to piece together your own um, image of what it means to be you. And there'll be some things that you gravitate towards more and some less, depending on your personality or what you're into definitely and I will get you to drop your socials um, towards the end of the episode but for people to get a better understanding of who you are and um, and the artists that have maybe influenced you in many ways could you make some suggestions on people we should check out to get a better sense of who you are or the art that you respect well I mean I would say that like my inspirations for my own music are different to like what I'm vibing like, you know, like new people that I'm, I'm vibing at the moment. Um, and what I'm vibing isn't necessarily what I do, right? Like, I, I, I think they're kind of different things. But, um, um, I mean, like, my inspirations when I was growing up, like, when I was, you know, quite, like, younger, like, um, I was, I've always really loved, like, that 2000s era music. I guess it's, like, nostalgic because it's, like, you know, when I was really young. So, um Missy Elliott was probably my first favorite female rapper. Um, but I also grew up loving like Little Wayne and um, even 50 Cent and stuff like that sound in general. I've always really loved like um, Pharrell and the Neptunes, um, Khalees and stuff. So that's kind of like, I still love that sound. And I still think that that is somewhat an influence into the sort of vibe that I like to create. But, at the same time, like I'm very, like I definitely don't want to sound like, I don't want someone to listen to me and be like, oh my God, this is like, sounds like Missy Elliott. I want there to definitely be like a, a Jess B element, you know, or de- you know, this sounds like Jess B. Um, but yeah, and I mean, in terms of who I'm vibing at the moment, um, the list would be so, so long. Um, and I don't know, I've listened to so much different music. I don't know if what I listen to would really reflect exactly who I am as an artist. But I mean, I guess that's cool. I totally get that um, 2000s vibe. Like Missy, I think for me, like a 1990s baby has really like influenced a lot of the stuff that I continue to love. 
um, you know, mm. so that, that's, yeah, that is, that is nostalgic, but I mean, I'm still checking her out on social. She's, <laughs> she's funny as hell. For sure. Um, did you catch by any chance Erica Badu and, and Jill Scott's Versus concert yesterday? Lord, yes, I did. It gave me everything and more. It was amazing. I loved it Wasn't so it much. the best? I mean, I, I can't really say like that there was a winner, but in your opinion, did you have a favorite? Oh my God. I was like, um, sort of like looking online while this was all going on. Like I was on Twitter and I was like sort of scrolling through and seeing what everyone else had to say. And it was kind of like this really cool thing where people weren't necessarily picking um, someone that they thought was better, but they were saying like the different ways in which like the, the both of them do their art. And it's kind of like Jill Scott's the person that you listen to when you've just broken up with someone and you know, you're like in your feels about it. And then Erica Badu is like when you've gotten over them yeah. and you're sort of being like your bad bitch self again. Um, and you can, to- I totally like, I was like, actually that's exactly how I feel about it. Cause I think that they've both served the culture in like a way where I would never, I would never choose one. Um, but they both have their own like style with it, which is cool too. Erica Badu has always been my fave though. Like I find her hilarious and amazing as well as loving her music. So that's my auntie. Yeah. <laughs> I went in there, I think with like wanting Jill Scott to, to really shine. I think cause I've had so many moments with her, with her albums that have been obsessive, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's when you've gone through something personally where you got to like go, check out Arnie Jill and just like get, get grounded again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was a really cool piece of art that I think we all got to experience. Is there anything else like that happening over in NZ? Like here we've got couch concerts where people are like performing on Instagram. Will you be doing anything of the sort? Um, I mean, hopefully not for too much longer. Um, but I think, I mean, it's been a little bit hard for me as a rapper to do an at-home concert because it really would just be me like playing a beat and then rapping over it so it doesn't I don't think that that has the same pull as someone who's like playing a guitar or like you know like I I feel like it's a different sort of vibe so I haven't I personally haven't actually done any like online concerts per se um not to say that I'm against it I think it's a cool idea it's probably just not very me like I just prefer the the in-person sort of situation so hopefully I can get back to it (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And there's an energy that comes with an audience as well that I think like speaks to hip hop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Do you produce any music? Uh, No, not really at the moment. Like I've dabbled a couple of times, but I haven't really given it enough time that it absolutely needs to get good. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, now's the time. But as you said, I really hope (laughs) this thing blows over sometime soon. Best of luck over there with the announcement. Hopefully we're hearing something about some some lighter travel um, scenarios and we can see you again soon. I know, <laughs> thank God. That would be sick. Look, as soon as they open the borders for me, I'm hopping back into Australia straight away. Yes. I'll do my two weeks of quarantine out of care. Yes. <laughs> well, we can't wait to see you. Jess, can you, can you give us your handles for those who want to check you out on socials? For sure. Um, everything, all of my socials is um, OG Jess B. Awesome. OG Just Be on Facebook, 
Instagram and are you on Twitter? Yep. I mean, yeah, I'm more of a Twitter lurker. I like lurk <laughs> and I like things, but I don't really tweet. But hey, I mean, sure, come and follow me. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And um, we've got we've got your track. We've got Ponnet. So I want to finish off the episode uh, having to listen to that. Can you tell us just a little bit about the track before we jump in? Yeah, for sure. Um, this is, I would just say this is like a fun, like party track. Um, I made it in Amsterdam sort of last year before this all started. And um, it's just kind of like from a collection of music that I made while I was in Amsterdam. So it's got quite a specific sort of sound to it that I think is quite unique to um, Europe and that place in the world. So it's kind of different to what we're used to down here in terms of hip hop in New Zealand. Um, but I think it's, I really like the sound. Nice. And um, is there a body of work that comes along with this? Are you dropping an album anytime soon? Um, well, yeah. So I'm thinking of dropping um, sort of all the stuff that I made in Amsterdam as a project because it was kind of like a, it's almost like a little sidestep of like what my normal or what I've been pursuing, um, you know, here in New Zealand or Australia with my music. It's quite like, uh, has a specific sound to it that's kind of got uh, quite a reggaeton dance hall EDM sort of mash bass. Um, so the idea is to sort of drop it all together as a cohesive thing. Um, so hopefully that'll be happening soon. <laughs> Dope. This sounds really fun. Let's have a listen and make sure you check out Jess B, OG Jess B on socials. Here's Ponnet. You wanna rap on it, rap on it. You wanna come and go just like the top on it. You wanna hit me on my phone and come and slap on it. You wanna take me to heaven like a dive on it. You wanna rap on it, rap on it. You wanna come and go just like the top on it. You wanna hit me on my phone and come and slap on it. You wanna take me to heaven like a dive on it. Yeah. I guess the field's flowing, open for the right moment Swerving left, right, driving like the whip stolen I'm a poet, got you sipping on my love potion Follow my lead, baby, like it's hypnosis What's your motive, what's your name, what's your sign? Time is of the essence, tick-tock the design Hands trying to be on your rotation every night It's that midnight hour, we gon' shine Bring them to the front, girls wanna have fun Every man try, go one by one Waving by bite, no bread, not a crumb Gotta make a bank run, wanna have fun What you bring it to the table? Baby, what you offer? What moves are you making? Yeah, we trying to prosper. I'm in a big brains, big game, big talk. If it ain't 8-1, don't bother. You wanna rap on it, rap on it. You wanna come and go just like the top on it. You wanna hit me on my phone and come and slap on it. You wanna take me to heaven like a dive on it. You wanna rap on it, rap on it. You wanna come and go just like the top on it. You wanna hit me on my phone and come and slap on it. You wanna take me to heaven like a dive on it. If we in a coalition, best be politicking. Put your hands up to the ceiling if you're feeling the feeling. With all this wheeling and dealing and all the heights to be reaching, there's not another like me. And there's one in a billion. I see your baby, yeah, freakily. I do it real good, real easily. Practice makes a person that the people seek. And how you treating you is how you treating me. And if it ain't what I want, I'ma jump back from it. I'm too I am too iconic. I don't judge, I just am honest. I don't want that, want love and profit. 
If I get down, I'ma get down real Bust down on ya, I'ma close that deal Only speak big facts, but my game unreal Half queen, half monster, where does she kill? You wanna rap on it, rap on it You wanna come and go just like the top on it You wanna hit me on my phone and come and slap on it You wanna take me to heaven like I die upon it You wanna rap on it, rap on it You wanna come and go just like the top on it You wanna hit me on my phone and come and slap on it You wanna take me to heaven like I die upon it Thanks for listening in to FCAC Radio, produced by Footscray Community Arts Centre and proudly supported by Maribyrnong City Council and City of Melbourne's COVID-19 Arts Grants. FCAC is a not-for-profit, independently-run community arts organisation that supports over 550 artists annually. You can support FCAC by donating to the centre, hiring our venue, coming to our events, or sharing our content online. Follow at Footscray Arts on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, or visit footscrayarts.com to find out more. We appreciate your support and generosity.